All right, welcome back to another Gear and Review on the other side of the microphone. Uh, this is Bobby Ratu, and uh, we are chatting with Mark Berry. Say what's up, Mark. Hello. Yeah, this week, uh, Reed is not with us. He is off doing marketing things. So Mark and I figured, hey, we just tackle this. And uh, since we know a lot about gadgets, don't we, dude? Oh, yeah, we use them quite a bit. You know, each week we talk about gear and gadgets. Our office is filled full of them. This week we're talking about um, when do companies like healthcare companies or our clients basically decide when to call us when they can't handle it anymore. So that's kind of what we're tackling this week. Last week we talked about monopod versus tripod. So this week it's all about when do, when would a client need to call us? Um, before we get started, uh, I want to do a quick plug for touchpoint.health. That is the website where all the shows are uh, hosted, where the show notes are located. So check us out there at touchpoint.health. Subscribe to us, rate and review us. It helps us out uh, big time. So anyway, uh, let's get started. Uh, so Mark, um, let's open up real quick. Uh, when have you found that our clients have decided to call us when they feel like they can't do it internally? They can't handle the video production or photography services inside their organization. Yeah, well, if you unpacked it, you could probably find several reasons. But the most common one, I would say, is when they really just want to step up just raw production value. You know, a lot of these places and healthcare organizations have their own in-house media team. Uh, but a lot of times those media teams have a very high volume of projects. So they're they're not able to devote as much time to uh, a certain project as they'd like to. And if they want to step up the production value on a project like that, you know, we would be a great resource. And in situations like that, they, they tend to reach out. Give me an example of when you have found that to happen. Is it a time of the year? Is it um, when there's a big campaign on? And when, when has that ex, quote unquote excuse or um, statement been used? when we get a phone call from our clients? Oh, well, if I can use an actual client example, you know, uh, we, we work with AnMed a lot in Anderson, South Carolina, and they did a campaign one time called Project Search, which is uh, which was a project where they, they uh, kind of profiled um, a program they have going on over there where they, where they give uh, students with special needs chances to enter the workforce. And it was a project that, you know, they probably could have done it in-house, but they wanted to step up the production value and it had to be turned around pretty quickly. And they just felt like it would make more sense uh, to reach out to us and network with us to make it happen instead of trying to do it all on their own. Even though they had the capability, uh, it, it just made a lot more sense to work with us. Uh, let's talk about quality real quick. Um, what do you mean by separation of quality? Do you find... A lot of internal teams for organizations don't have access to the equipment. Is it um, final production quality that they want to increase? Is it just the cameras? What? Uh, tell us a few things that you've noticed as people would look inside the organization that sticks out when they want to move from internal to external. It can be access to equipment. I mean, that's a very real um 
that's a very real thing. I and mean, it, it can be just the fact they don't have access to the same type of equipment we do. But what I have found most of the time, it goes back to my point about volume. They just typically, these organizations, they have such a high volume of projects, they don't have the time to really dedicate all their resources into one project. So we kind of come in and kind of fill in the gaps for them and give them that extra little push that they need. So let's talk about uh, gadgets for a second. I spent a lot of time uh, training organizations how to leverage some really inexpensive tools and tools that they can use on a regular content basis for their social channels. We train Mm -hmm. them to use their phones, um, little stabilizers for their phones. Um, We train them to use uh, other types of devices um, that make it easier, small, portable pieces that they can walk through the organization, and even how mm-hmm. to edit in very inexpensive pieces of software. What do you see the differences from organizations that are trying to pump out a lot of social content versus the equipment needed to create larger-scale projects? Well, for social content, especially the type of social content you're talking about, it, it wouldn't make sense for them to break out the quote big guns and make each and every video a huge glossy production. I mean, they just need a good streamlined approach to get the message out there and we can come in and polish up something if we need to. But for the most part, they don't, you know, you, you were talking about not having access to the equipment earlier. They don't really need the access for the type of work that they're doing. And, you know, we throw around terms like quality base and volume base, but one is not better than the other. It's just a different type of work. If I need to pump out lots of Facebook videos, you know, covering tutorials, I'm not going to have, you know, a three-point light set up with gimbals and all that. I'm just going to get the simplest production possible so that I can get it out there as fast as possible. And that's typically what the type of stuff that they're doing. And, and that's an interesting... That yeah, and it's not that they, uh, our clients... Um, creating lower quality content it's that the um the content that they're looking for allows us to focus in on the technology necessary to make it look polished so to speak yeah Uh, another thing that's interesting to me is that we we sometimes end up producing the bigger projects and they use the content out of those projects for social media. Do you find that that is a really smart approach for many organizations sometimes when they're trying to launch campaigns? Yeah, I think that's a, actually a huge advantage for them in terms of bringing us into the mix because, you know, yeah, we, we can bring our editing expertise, our storytelling expertise to the table, but also when we remove ourselves from the project, they still have access to all of that high quality content that they can then use into whatever other projects they may be doing on their own time, which I think is a fantastic advantage. It's a great supplement to whatever they may be doing. So what do you, what are the differences between uh, some of the Canon uh, EOS cameras, the C100, 300, 200s um, with lenses uh, the high quality cameras that are different from an iPhone recording mechanism. What have you found that's different in those two approaches uh, that separate those types of workflows? 
Well, there's a lot of differences, but the two most prominent ones, I would say, is uh, the ability to use high-quality lenses versus what comes with the iPhone. And then just for our purposes, the robustness of it. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from iPhone. Like, they have come a long way with their camera quality. I mean, it's amazing what you can shoot with an iPhone now. It's just phenomenal. Uh, But... I would never take an iPhone to film a six hour long corporate event. You know, it just does not have the robustness that comes with some of these Canon cameras. You know, that's a very practical difference in terms of aesthetics. uh, You got, you got interchangeable lenses on all these cameras and, you know, that's not a Canon specific thing. We live in an amazing time now where a bunch of different companies are coming out with awesome equipment. So we, as a digital agency, we kind of have our pick. We just need to choose a workflow and we'll probably be taken care of no matter which route we go, whether it be Sony, Canon, you know, what have you. We happen to choose Canon. And with Canon, we have these amazing lenses that we can uh, tailor to each situation to just add that much more of an artistic flair to shots. And it just gives you so much more artistic flexibility that you can't get with an iPhone yet. Um, You know, maybe one day you can. I know they... They do have a few little depth of field addition, you know, little add-ons you can add to the iPhone now and stuff. But I, I, I would, it, it's not safe to say the iPhone is on the level of Canon yet in terms of, you know, interchangeability of lenses and things like that. Uh, but you know, some people, some people consider that a luxury though too. Some people don't even need that, and that goes back, to, you know, in-house uh, departments that we talked about earlier. But in terms of for us, the interchangeability of lenses is huge. Yeah. And one of the things I think is interesting in this discussion is that we will get a client reach out and they tried to record an interview using their phone in a dark setting. And what I mean by dark setting is that they were in an office space and they wanted to record an interview and use it for a presentation for the CEO or some sort of uh, public event. And after they recorded it, they realized the iPhone couldn't get good quality audio. And then also the low light created a situation where the image did not look uh, crisp. And so we will get a phone call to ask us if we can take that footage off the iPhone and enhance the image quality and the audio quality. And one of the things that we try to share with our clients is that um, if it's not recorded in the most optimal way, we can't make it better sometimes. We can right. we can take some of the noise out of the video and make it not as grainy, but not if it's not recorded in the best possible way, sometimes it's hard to fix it. And if the audio isn't high quality and it's got a big echo – it really is hard to take those echoes out and not seem like it's been uh, altered to make it less echoey. So having mm-hmm. access to good quality camera equipment sometimes in certain situations you know, is truly beneficial, especially when you've got um, a big presentation that you're trying to create. Would you, uh, that's what I've found. Right. And, you know, uh, one thing about that, though, and you can't I I could never really blame someone for thinking that I could fix um, underexposed footage. 
And the reason why is we live in an age where we've kind of been indoctrinated to think that you can have, you can do absolutely anything on a computer, no matter what the video quality is, you can take it into the edit bay and work movie magic, you know? And I think that's what it is. It's just, um, just knowing that there's some things that can't be fixed, like an underexposed image can be doctored up, but you know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, and it it goes back to what they're trying to do as well. You know, if their goal is to just get, you know, the CEO on camera delivering his message, there are things you can do with an iPhone to make that happen in in a nice clean way. But if you want it to look really professional, really polished, really cleaned up, then you might want to bring in someone like us and really and really give it the full treatment. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I can never, when a client asks me, sends me a, some footage that's really, really underexposed and a lot of information has been lost in the image and ask me if I can fix it, I'll take it as far as I can. But I, I do understand why they think it's possible because uh, we just live in an age where there's an expectation that uh, a computer can do absolutely anything. Another reason we've had uh, clients reach out to us uh, specifically is they have shot or captured something. I, I use the word shoot. That's or a video term, not a uh, what you might think with a gun, but with a is a video term. But we have captured video. They have captured video uh, of a you know they they're creating a project and they get in the middle of the editing and realize that their computer can't handle the editing um, and. Or they're having a hard time navigating a lot of the nuances of the editing suite, you know, whether it's Adobe Mm -hmm. or Final Cut or something on their phone. And so they will send us the project to try to help them. Maybe it's a time issue. You know, they got so far into Mm -hmm. it, they realize how much time it's going to take them. Or B, it's their computer can't handle it. Um, I remember one of our clients reached out to us. It was our friends up at the, um, at the Duke Endowment, and they were in the middle of a project. And um, poor Eric just called us up and said, hey, man, can y'all, can y'all fix this up and finish it up for us? And, we're, and the lucky mm-hmm. thing is that we had access to that software, but we were able to fix it for him pretty quickly. I, I, those are situations I find many times, don't you? Would you agree? Yeah, it does happen. You know, uh, we're people are bombarded with content all the time. So we're very used to video. Uh, but once you actually start creating video, especially if you're, if it's your first time, you quickly realize it's a lot more involved than consuming the video. <laughs> That's know? right. Most of us consume video. What I'd like to do is uh, we're, we're coming close to the end of the podcast. I, I would love uh, yeah. to leave our, our audience with a few uh, nuggets to take back with them inside their organizations. Uh, what would you get, say as one or two points uh, when they're thinking about working on a project um, would help identify when to uh, work with an external video production group in their area or to try to do it internally? Man, that's a really good question. I would never want to deter them from from trying to do stuff on their own. I mean, especially if they're trying to run like uh, micro social campaigns. I say go for it, try it. You know, uh, you don't get get some cheap software. Take some YouTube courses, learn as much as you can, and we're always here to help if you find yourself in a bind. Yeah, and I think what happens is is when you uh, the determination to when you're beginning to con- concept your campaign if to realize you might need some extra help is time and resources. When you realize that you're you're the group that's trying to write everything, produce everything, 
edit everything and push it out and you need help and you've got to do it quickly, that's when to really consider reaching out to a partner. Another thing I think is a really good litmus test to, you know, reach out to a partner in your area, a video production partner, is when you realize that these campaigns um, have a destination to play it that's beyond social media. If you've got to play it on a massive screen in front of a big audience and it needs some editing treatment um, and some really high-end graphics, that's when you need some help because many times the iPhone can do a good job, but the editing of it is really important to make sure it fills the screen, it looks really good, and um, the audio quality is really good. So um, I think workflows for social media, um, given the fact that you're displaying them inside social platforms, is a great way to do internal campaigns. But beyond that, it, it, there's an opportunity to really think beyond that for external partners or going to your internal AV audiovisual uh, production team to get extra help. Uh, I think that's a good place to start. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And once again, you know, you can't put enough value on the fact that uh, reaching out to an agency, you, you will have a database afterwards of high quality content that could be repurposed for things that you probably can't even imagine quite yet. I've seen I've seen content be repurposed years down the road that played a crucial role in campaigns that had nothing to do with the original campaign that the content was shot for. So that's something to consider as well. Good stuff here today. Uh, uh, I really appreciate y'all's time. Thanks. This is a great discussion. We hope that you've brought we've brought some insight to you and your teams inside your organizations. And uh, once again, this is Bobby Ratu and uh, and Mark Berry here at Gear and Review. And uh, we hope you have a great day. See ya. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.